you're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo-development, and everything in between. All right, so welcome to The Bounding Box, and today I'm joined by my good buddy here, Jan Cabon. Jan, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what's your problem. Hey, Rene, thanks for having me. Yes, so uh, Rene and I are working together like for a long time. Uh, yeah, so me and Kevin, I'm working the JavaScript API team. Um, I'm working at Esri uh, for 10 years now, uh, JavaScript API team for like eight or nine years. Yeah, so I'm one of the lead dev there uh, on the project. I'm working a lot on the, the glue code. Uh, uh, work on layers, uh, and then I work a lot also with other teams that want to bring their functionality to the JavaScript API. Um, yeah, I guess this is what I do these days. Yeah, lots of JavaScript, lots of TypeScript. It's <laughs> you know? been it's been ten years already. Wow. Yes, yeah. ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> so you you uh, started on the Flex team, right? And we, yes. 3x was still a thing for JavaScript API. And you came in and just said, we're going to do 4x now. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So I started, uh, you know, uh, I discovered JS in when I was in France. I was doing Flash development. I had no idea what JS was. And so I joined a project where it was about, like, you know, mapping. And then at the time, yeah, you could add a flex a map in a flex application like in three lines of code blew my mind i found about your your uh, your blog at the time because you were also like blogging about flex at the time and, uh, yeah so then after i joined esri i worked uh, i joined esri right after to work on the flex team right after adobe announced that they would deprecate <laughs> flex so I joined the I joined the team and I was like already working on a technology that was about to be obsolete. So yeah, there was an opportunity to work on the JavaScript team at some point when they wanted to, you know, integrate 3D into it. And so yeah, jump jump ship at that time. And uh, yeah, it was great. Nice, and that's a big thing too. You do a lot of work with the uh, the 3D team in Zurich and make sure that um, with them that all the APIs are consistent across because there might be a need to do something in 3D, but we want to make sure that that still works in 2D. So you kind of manage all that stuff as well, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a lot of people, they, you know, they, they have been building uh, mapping applications for a long time with Esri or, uh, or others, uh, other libraries. So they, they are familiar with how to build a, uh, an app with a map, with a 2D map. So they are familiar with concept of extent and, and so on. But then lots of these concepts that don't apply in 3D. So, you know, it's interesting for them like, oh, okay, so I have this 2D app and then, you know, maybe I want to show my users, oh, maybe we can show the same data in 3D. And so what is great is that our API is the same, like whether you work in 2D or 3D, you have like new concepts for 3D, but then you can reuse like all your knowledge that you uh, that you have from building 2D maps. So, yeah, so that, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty powerful concept. So working on the API for as long as you have, I mean, what is the hardest part of building and maintaining a mapping library? Something that is so visual and does so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when that, that, 
that new API, when uh, when we started it, we 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 forked uh, the previous version, and then it was like, uh, you know, I, yeah, it was it was code written long time ago, and then we wanted we we need to keep it relevant, and then we release. Uh, so we we have to modernize this code over time, and we release every four times a year. So we can't do like we can't go into a submarine like for you know six months a year, and then like rewrite everything and and bring it you know do something new so we had to you know progressively find okay for this release we are going to modernize this part and modernizing meaning like uh, we we migrated all the code base to typescript so it, you know it was progressive we removed we were the api was using dojo a lot internally so we we removed that because uh, with that, uh, with TypeScript and removing Dojo, we were able now to deliver ES modules to the developers. So yeah, so that was like the most challenging. It's like over time, like how can you, you know, try to divide uh, the work into little pieces uh, that we can ship uh, every three months. Yeah. And there was all kinds of cool stuff um, that happened there too, like um, the map, all the features and stuff used to be drawn. Uh, in SVG and the tiles were just like raster tiles and stuff like that. That at some point, uh, everything moved to WebGL, right? So we can draw everything on yep. a single canvas and much more performant. And we're able to draw like what, like a million, like well, okay, not a million, a few hundred thousand points on the map, right? No, uh, I think I think you can say a million. Okay, <laughs> it I, depends I on the machine, right? Or yeah, that, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was another part of this modernization. It's like how can we, you know, 3D of course was always WebGL, but then the 2D engine was uh, using the DOM and SVG. And so of course, like if you want to, uh, you know, bring in new features to the API, like to, to users, like, okay, you need to, to draw faster, uh, take less time. So WebGL was a, you know, great choice, but then, yeah, we had to release over time progressively the new engine. So we started with vector tiles and then, uh, and then feature, uh, feature layers, and then we, uh, the raster tiles, and then, yeah, progressively, uh, you know, migrate all these rendering. And then once all the layers were rendering in a WebGL context, uh, we we managed to, to have just one WebGL canvas uh, and then render all the layers in, in, inside that canvas. And then since then, after we brought like a layer effects and blend modes and and the new flow visualization for raster, uh, raster data and so on. So it's like, you know, capabilities that only WebGL can, can provide to us. Um, so yeah, it's like, Nice. And then part of that too, you, know, you actually helped implement the worker framework that we use, right? So like people don't know, like when you use web workers, pretty much just like post message and you can listen for responses, come back, stuff like that. And that wasn't really like up to snuff for what was needed in the API. So you built this whole like asynchronous framework for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you run uh, your feature layer in the JavaScript API, the whole data fetching and processing of the data and happens uh, in, a, in a worker. So the worker really, it's like those light thread that doesn't that can do a lot of work and that they don't block the UI. So the user can still pan, doesn't block, there is no stutter. But then on the background, you have this worker that will fetch like new features and then process those features, like uh, it needs to triangulate the polygons, it needs to generate uh, triangles for for the lines. It's very complicated, very sophisticated code from <laughs> our WebGL uh, team, and um, you know evaluate. I don't know, like what is the color of uh, each polygon. So there is a lot happening, and uh, and the worker can do you know as much as work as as 
as it needs and it doesn't block the main thread. So that's that's super powerful. So we had to problem of the, the worker framework is that you know there are these discrepancies between the web browser and then also the communication happens with messages. There is no promises. So we wrap the, the workers uh, inside a promise based framework. So you can you know just um, invoke a function on, on the other thread and then uh, the other thread can res respond and you uh, from the main thread you, you use just promises like uh, like any other async API. Nice. Yeah, it works. It works really great. And users could actually, if they wanted to, could take advantage of that. They could build their own custom workers. It does involve them doing like a, a special build locally with the, the NPM package and stuff. But we have a, I think we have a sample of that on GitHub showing how to do that, yeah. which is pretty cool. So people can get down with that. Um, and yeah. coming from Flex, and I've heard you say before, like we can do stuff today, barely things we we're able to do in Flash, like years ago you know we're, we're catching up and we've probably caught up at this point but uh what yeah. were some of the hard things maybe a few years ago that you think are just easier to do today for like new developers jumping in yeah i think you know like when we migrated to javascript uh, a lot of our developer community was in the same case so they they were they keep using the um the the flex the flex api but then they knew that they had to migrate to javascript and so the question that we had at the time was like what IDE do you use? Like, uh, uh, because with Flex, you had everything. You had the auto-completion, you had like, uh, you know, the, you know, you had a single build tool. It was like, it's one package, like super easy to develop in. And now you arrive in JavaScript, and you have to figure uh, like so many different package management or, uh, you know, the different build tools and, you know, build tools that were valid five years ago are dead today. And you have to uh, keep, you know, uh, keep, Keep you know, keep it fresh, I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, and then same like the IDE at the time when I started JavaScript, I, I was developing in, you know, there was no, you know, no, what Notepad plus plus. And then yeah. I was developing, I was developing in in Chrome DevTools directly because you can you can link uh, the files <laughs> to your file system. I forgot about so it was, that. <laughs> yeah, it was super convenient. Like you would write, and then you would be able to place your breakpoint, just reload the page, and then it was like refreshing. Um, and then, you know, so super handy, but then, yeah, today you have uh, Visual Studio Code, uh, um, there, there is IntelliJ, I mean, there are IDs that are super powerful, uh, uh, that, you know, offers like a, a big comfort for, uh, for, for developers. So I would say that TypeScript also got, you know, really for us, really helped us because we have like so many files and so many lines of code like that. Now we can do massive refactoring and, you know, at least you know that, yeah, massive refactoring and keep your, your code actually like working. Of course, you, we still need to have our test running on the side, but still massive help to have TypeScript to do that. I think that's something maybe, users, yeah, yeah. maybe users don't realize. I know you've done the stats on this, but I can't remember. We have a couple thousand modules, files in the API and we have probably yep. two to three times as many, well, okay, maybe two, twice as many tests uh, to run yeah. for everything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and always, uh, yeah, it was interesting, like, I, yeah, I built this tool to to count the number of lines of TypeScript and JavaScript so that we could see on the graph, like, how much we were converting per release, yeah, but uh, by the end, when we finished the migration, we were around half a million line of code just for the API. It's um, nuts. But yeah, after this, yeah. I think I think people get wild by that a lot because it's a pretty large API. There's a lot that it can do, a lot of features and everything. Really cool stuff. Yes. 
Yeah. And there are so many new features that are in the work. It's just, it never stops. <laughs> <laughs> well, the platform keeps growing, right? And the, it, yes. At the end of the day, really, the whole ArcGIS Online runs on the JavaScript API. I mean, that is like, so if, if something goes, if we happen to break something on the nightly build or whatever, you hear about it right away from someone that's using those nightly builds. And we, we get those yeah. like, messages like, oh, what happened here? <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's great. Like, uh, uh, of course, like there was uh, some latency, a lot of project internal uh, in, in, at Esri were developed, uh, you know, user applications that were developed uh, on top of 3X. So all these applications are migrating to 4X. And, uh, you know, maybe most of them are today. But so we have like even at Esri, a lot of developers now that are on top of the API. And so we get like lots of feedback. It's, it's really cool. And same yeah. for from users. Uh, yeah, exactly, because we we catch a lot of stuff before it goes out to users and stuff like that. So that's really yeah. helpful for everybody across the board. Yeah. I know one one of your uh, passions is cooking, Jan, and you you make some great food. I've had your food; it's amazing. What <laughs> what is your favorite dish to make? Like, what do you enjoy to cook? Yeah, it's it's because I like it, and for my own survival, my wife doesn't cook, so it's just like <laughs> I need to I, I need to cook. <laughs> no, yeah, I really love doing like anything that takes time. Like I love uh, I love uh, any stews, a beef oh. or pork or whatever. Um, the other day I did pho, um, so soup and it takes uh, quite some time, you know. And I love also doing barbecue, American barbecue, uh, smoking, just uh, yeah. Oh, that's great stuff. It's man. my jam. Yes. <laughs> well, right now it's too hot. It's too it hot is outside. right. I tried to yeah. I tried to like grill the other day, and I was out there for like a minute just getting the the coals ready. I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go inside and do it on the stove. It's easier. My air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. All right, yeah, so I want to be respectful of your time here, but I do want to ask if you have any tips and tricks or anything you want to let users know at all. Yeah, I mean, it really. I mean, it applies to us uh, a lot when you work on the library. But it's like to always think about, yeah, you know, your users. So my users are developers. So I'm always thinking about how the developer will use my code or our code. You know, how they will use our feature. Do they need that feature, or maybe they need something else? Is it really what what they have been asking? Is it really what they want? You know. Yeah. So sometimes we have to dig a little bit more. Um, and then also, how do they find about like uh, this uh, this new feature that you added? Like, uh, is it is it documented? Is the documentation good enough? Um, uh, do you have like examples? Uh, um, you know, and and now like for example, us like the team we are doing now a, a live stream on YouTube, and we have like lots of blog posts uh, coming out. Like, try to just like. Uh, um, you know, make people aware of what we do because, like, sometimes you know, you don't follow, and there are so many new features. It just like goes into the crack, and you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm always surprised so sometimes. Yeah. Someone asks me a question about something, like, "Oh, well, we have that here," and it's like, "What? I had no idea that was there." It's like, "Yeah, come on, it's it's awesome. It's right there, documented yeah. too. It's easy yeah. to use." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like it's not it's not just like uh, you know, doing the code is just part of it. It's also like. Uh, everything that goes with it, like the documentation, the, the communication, the marketing about a particular feature. Getting samples uh, in there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jan. I appreciate it. You have, uh, I'll be hitting you up later on. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Rene. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Bounty Box today. Please subscribe for more content.